Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Just reminded of the privilege that we have to, you know, to come together and share the gospel. Um, I was reminded this week that you know there's places in this world that we get persecuted for sharing the gospel, and you know it's such a privilege, Lord. And I pray for for every heart and for tonight, Lord. I pray that you would do the work. Um, yeah, we, we just want to come and, and lift your name tonight. You are our God, and, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, tonight I'm going to finish a long mile in the shoes of. It has been a long mile. Um, we're going to end it with Nicodemus, a mile in the shoes of Nicodemus, and I just wanted to give a, some background about Nicodemus before we start. He is not mentioned a lot in the Bible, um, and the passage that we are going to read is definitely the biggest one that we see of him, um, but he was a head of the Pharisees or head of the Jews, um, he was a, he learned the people at that stage, he, he also knew the Old Testament very well, and he was very good with um, being, knowing the rules, um, they were always pointing out um, the sin that people did, um, also um, if they carried something on the Sabbath or whatever, they were really pointing that out. So they, they got really stuck in religion and tradition. And that's, that's our theme for tonight, is breaking dead religion and tradition. Um, and it is something that when I read of Nicodemus, when I read this passage, um, it was really it reminded me of, of how I was. And I'm going to, to share some testimony tonight as well. Um, but how I was when I was younger and when my mom woke me up on Sunday mornings um, and I was really not keen to get up. <laughs> it was not a struggle. And um, I would rather play cricket or go and play rugby that day. And uh, yeah, it's just something that when I look back now, and now it's, it's, it's so nice to come to church. And it was, it was definitely something that I struggled with. It was a routine. It was a tradition. Um, but it was a dead one. It was one that I, I just did it because I knew I had to. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't have any, like, to, to really know God better. Um, it was just something that I went through, went through the, through the circles um, every day. That is what I did. And I also thought that if I attend um, Bible school after services, yes, I was so proud of myself. I sat still for another hour. I did it. I'm definitely going to get big crowns in heaven one day for doing that. <laughs> but that was, this, that was what I thought. You know, I, I had this dead religion. And when I think back of it, it, it was not healthy. And it reminded me of Nicodemus. And we're going to read the passage now and you'll see why. So we're going to read out of John 3, verse 1 to 10. And I'm someone going to read with for us. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus, Nicodemus is confused. Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not know these things. And I just want to give us the scene. You can go to the next slide, Janu. That, that's how the scene looked when, when, when Nicodemus approached Jesus. It's a scene out of the chosen, but it fits it so perfectly. It's, Nicodemus comes in the night. He's the older man on the right. With the, he was a wealthy man. You can see he's a wealthy guy. And, and it's in the night and it's in the upper room. It's in the dark. And uh, yeah, just keep it in mind as we go through this, um, yeah, the, this, this passage. So I want to start off by the first thing that, that, that Nicodemus said when he came to Jesus. He said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. And these signs that you are doing, no one can do it unless God is with him and is really acknowledging him. And uh, you, you, also, you, you basically assume Jesus to say, thank you. You know, like, yes, thank you, man. Yeah, I know, I'm quite great. But um, at that stage, like, and also if, if someone like Nicodemus, who was a leader of the Jews, um, will, will approach me, for, for instance, you know, a big church leader, and he would say, yes, like Maria, um, these signs that you are doing, yes, no one can do it unless God is with them. Obviously, you're going to say, thanks. Yeah, you're okay, so great. You're also not that great, but yes, like uh, Jesus like literally told him, you need to be born again, and it struck me. It struck me, Jesus did not play. <laughs> he was really odd. He was like, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And the question that I raised was, what was wrong with Nicodemus? He looked at, he, he looked as if he's going to heaven already. Um, and obviously Jesus saw right through him. And um, you know, I think when I read this passage the first time, I also read over the born again part, very... Yeah, just born again, I'm definitely born again, and then just carry on. And we didn't stop there, you know, like, born again, what is it? You know, I'm I'm reading this, and what is born again? And I think, I thought back, what did I, what did I think when I read it? Because I read it a lot of times before, before this time. And I think we, we tend to think it's for an emotional person, or it's for a broken, messed up person, someone that's lifting his hands here in front, always crying, you know, that he definitely needs to be born again. Or someone that's really messed up, you know, he's been having, doing drugs for his life. Yes, definitely, he needs to be born again. But me, no, not, not really. And um, this, is, this is definitely what Nicodemus thought. Uh, when Jesus told him, you need to be born again. And this made me thought, we tend to think that it's not us, but 
we definitely need it if Nicodemus needs it. Um, especially if our faith are dead, if we are doing dead things. And, um, you know, it's like, I, I just want, you know, also thinking of Nicodemus, we also like to call him, uh, to call Jesus when we, when we approach um, people, we, we like to call Jesus rabbi. We, we tend to do it, we, we put on a t-shirt saying Jesus is king. Um, and if we are chatting around the campfire, we, we like to go to Jesus in the night, not, not in front of everyone if we are around the campfire. We like to do it on Sundays, you know, because that is the place for it. Um, it's, not, it's not when we are around um, people and we, we, we are chatting and we are having a good time. Jesus is not the place and it's a, it's a difficult place to be. If that is our outlook and that is definitely where I were and I... I want to also just read us this passage um, of John 12, which says, which sums it up very beautifully. It says, nevertheless, even many of the authorities believed in him, which is Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And I, I can definitely see it in a lot of my life before I met God. Um, I loved the glory of man. You know, I loved it when people say, yes, Maria, you are so great. And after you met God, it doesn't even matter anymore. And how's that? It works so, uh, so interesting. But we, we really tend to, to go after that, after the glory of man. And that is exactly what Nicodemus did. He wanted to say, God, Jesus, you are the God, but he couldn't. You know, he couldn't, couldn't come to that place. So I wanted, the first point is for who is born again? It is for everyone. Jesus is not saying, geez, Nicodemus, you maybe, you just need some vitamins of faith. No, he's saying you need to be born again. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard. You need to be born again. So this passage that we often read so quickly, let's, let's, Let's read it slowly. <laughs> so Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And let's focus on what, what is born again. It says, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. And this passage um, the water, um, sometimes it, people think that it, it refers to, to baptism, which it does not. But it can refer to our birth when we, when we were birthed as a baby. But most likely it refers to Ezekiel 36, which also when, when Jesus taught Nicodemus, yet you are a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things. He was referring to the Old Testament. And, and Nicodemus knew the Old Testament very well. And he was, he was referring to Ezekiel, which says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, the water, and you shall be cleansed from all uncleanness or unrighteousness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. 
born of water and the spirit. God says, I will put my spirit within you. When, when, when Adam and Eve um, sinned in the garden of Eden, their spirit were, were dead, were broken. God left them. It needs to be rebirthed by God. I will put in a new spirit and I will cleanse you from all your idols. Let's just read the definition. Like I came up, born again is an act of God. It's an act of God where he imparts, I will put my spirit within you, where he imparts eternal life to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. When they accept Jesus as their savior, we need to make a move. We need to make, an, make that step of obedience. We need to accept Jesus. <clears throat> and I just want to focus on that for a while, that, that step that we need to make, that, that the decision that we need to make. When I was younger, and it's a testimony, and I'm going to read John 3.16. When I was younger, I read John 3.16. And I'm quickly, let's read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's such a beautiful passage, just after the born again passage, just after six verses. This beautiful passage. And when I was on varsity, and I was definitely not on the right track, I, I said to Yanda, my wife at that stage, that was my, 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 what do you mean, Macy, my girlfriend at that stage. I told her that um, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son who ever believes, and I believe. So I'm not going to leave all these things. Um, you know, I'm already going to heaven. <clears throat> and it's a misinterpreted verse. I misinterpreted this verse. And I used it for my own, basically build it around myself and um oh it's it's the first point of born again what does he do so how do we know when someone is born again he changes us completely it changes us completely that's the first one and it's like i, I like to use vian as a, as an example he changed completely it's like when i've, I've heard a story um, that uh, Werner went to Renier and he told, he told uh, Renier that, that Vian uh, is now a pastor. And he said, no ways. <laughs> I'll have to check it. He changed completely. I had to believe it. You know? And um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, if you receive that spirit, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. The second thing that a born again does is it gives us a kingdom perspective. Um, it gives us a kingdom perspective. Um, we now, when, when we are born again, we understand our calling. We, we understand the kingdom influence. We, when we make decisions, it's not quick decisions. We, we think of, just like, how is it going to impact the kingdom? We get that perspective. And there's a story, and there's, there's a verse after this as well that explains it so beautifully, but there's a story of a guy, that, of a young guy. He went to his pastor and he said, did you know that Martin Luther is not a Christian? And his pastor is looking like, what? How can you say that? He said, no, and like 10 years back, when I read the book of Martin Luther, I could not see anything about Jesus and that he's good. And, you know, I couldn't see the gospel in, in this book. And um, his pastor said, okay, now that you're born again, Go and read this book again. It's a true story. He went to, to read the book again, and on, 
on every page that he read, he could see the gospel. He could mark the gospel. It's, it's something that changed in him. He could see a kingdom perspective. Um, and there's such a cool verse, 1 Corinthians 2.14, which says, The natural person does not accept the things. The Amplified says, but the, the unbelieving man, the natural person, the unbelieving man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, or foolish. They are foolish to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We are spiritually discerned before, before God comes and do that spiritual rebirth. We are discerned from him. The Amplified says, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. Just like this guy, when he read that book, he was unqualified to judge the spiritual matters. And the third thing that he does, it gives us salvation. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot see, but you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And we very conveniently passed over it all these years. We passed over this born again. This is so important. It gives us salvation. Okay, by being born again in, in this terms, we are released of dead religion. And we are transformed of unhealthy traditions. If we are born again, we can see these things. We can, when we have unhealthy traditions and religions, we will be able to see it. And we will be able to pray to God and ask him to show us these areas, you know, and to see these things. And he can help us to, to stop them. So our first point for tonight, our first action point, a genuine act of born again must bring change in life. It must bring change. It's that first point that what does he do? It, it changes us completely. It must bring change. Like James 2 says, faith without works is dead. And, in, and then it's in James 2.17. And verse 14 actually asks the question, can such a, such a faith save him without works? No, it cannot. It cannot save us. If it does not change us, it cannot save us. It's quite important <laughs> that, it, that we change. <laughs> so um, you know, Toby Mac has a, a beautiful quote. Um, he says a, a very odd thing. He says, the single biggest cause of atheism in this world is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk right out the door and deny him with their lifestyles. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And it's, it's really hard, but it's true. And there was a guy at my, at my previous work, he says he's an atheist. I asked him why. He told him, because my friends, they drink and do all these things, but they are Christians. I cannot live like this. I told him, you, you need to read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really the truth. We need to change. So now we know it's very important. It brings... A lot of important points. How do we do it? How do we do it? God is faithful. He gives us Romans 10.9. says that if you declare with your mouth the Lord Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it sounds like this is a salvation sermon, but we need to make sure that we believe it with our hearts. It says believe with our hearts. It does not say simply know about God, simply know about Jesus. We need to believe it. We need to do it. It needs to change us. 
confession and repentance. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. James 5.16 also says that we need to confess to one another because the power of a righteous man is, is big. <laughs> but yeah, the, the power of, of someone that's righteous, it has a lot of power. We need to confess our sins. We need to bring these things into the light. And then God is just to forgive us. The second point for tonight, God requires unconditional love and relationship, not religion and tradition. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he obviously thought he had it all figured out, figured out. And it's so important. This, this point too, it forms part of the how. How do we do it? It's by simply taking that step, that step of obedience. Jesus, I am really following you. I'm running to the Father again and again. I'm really running to you, really putting out my heart. I'm really laying down my life. And I did share it quickly in the beginning, but I want to share the, the testimony again of me entering so far. If I didn't have that community and I didn't make that choice, I didn't think I would, would be here. And if you told me that day I'm going to be here, I definitely would run out the door. So God is really faithful and <laughs> He's really working in ways. And we need to lay ourselves down and He can do amazing things in our lives. So yeah, I want us to respond to this. So oh, let's, let's just stand. And um, you know, I just want to, to ask us the question. Do we still have some Nicodemus in us? I want to ask now if we go into our hearts and we lay, we stand before God and we are really sincere, do we still have some Nicodemus in us? It's so easy to, to take a tradition that you were learned and take it with you and drag it with you all your life. And I want us to think about that. The things that we do, the way we approach God, the way we think about God, is that how He wants us to think about Him? Is that the things that He wants us to do? We can even serve on a serving team that He does not want us to serve on to. And it will be a dead work. It will be dead. So let's just pray together. And I want to give us the opportunity to pray on our own as well. But I just want to pray for us. Your Lord, we, we thank You that You are the one are doing this work Lord if we are faith if we are faithful if we lay ourselves down if we bring our hearts to you and we are sincere you come and do the work Lord you are the one that that brings change it's not us Lord but you, you want us to make that step Lord and we we want to say tonight that we want to we want to make that step again and it's, it's a step we need to take every day. It's not a once-off. We need to make that step again. So I want, want us to think about do we have any Nicodemus in us? Is there anything that we 
are drag, dragging along. Well, let's just pray to God and just say that things, those things that we all don't do, just going to give us a minute or two and now let's just pray about it. Let's just bring it before God. place in your life that you you felt that it that it start, started to get difficult to follow God I want to really ask you to to have a sincere heart, tell God that tell God I'm struggling with this I'm struggling to near you God is faithful come and do the work. 